This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Uh, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Kings 20. 1 Kings 20. Uh, I've highlighted a spot in this verse. Uh, you may not be able to read all of it, but this is the thing I want us to see. It's going to be the template for my message this morning. The Bible says, as the king passed by, the prophet cried out, I was brought into the thick of battle. There was a man who came over and brought a man to me and said, guard this man. If by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his life, or else you will pay a talent of silver. While your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. The king of Israel said to him, so shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. Wow. Interesting verse. How many know that life is busy? Isn't that right? It's just busy. I mean, you may have heard that the key to managing life is to prioritize and do first things first, and, and that's all good, and that's sound advice. Uh, but sometimes, even in our best attempt to do that, sometimes it leaves us wondering, at least it's for me at times, saying, okay, you know what? What is my number one responsibility? Well, that's easy, Pastor. I mean, I gotta provide for my family. Amen. You know, I gotta work hard and 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 uh, you know, we gotta, you know, have things and stuff, have to have the house that's safe and all these things are important and they're part of raising a family. Can I get an amen? And, and we know that the battlefield that we face is, is the world, the world that we live in. If you've had to turn on the news lately, how many can say amen to that? It's just, it's, it's never ending of negative things, skirmishes, things we experience in life day by day and in our hearts and our minds. And, and, and so, so the battlefield is noisy. It's very noisy and it's clamoring out there. And so is our world. Work can be pulling on us, busy here, busy there. This has to be done, that has to be done. And especially here in Minnesota when you feel like you've been cooked up in a frozen box freezer for nine months and then it just warms up so quickly, all of a sudden it's like we turn into pumpkins, you know, or fruit and we're like, woo, outside sun, we're powered by the sun. And, and I love it too. And bring on the heat, amen? Some of you just like, uh, <clears throat> I love it. It's wonderful, and, and, and we should enjoy that. But, but we can get busy, and things, there are noisy things out there clamoring for our attention. There's work. We have maintenance and care and things that, you know, we have our playtime. And, and then and what happens is that turns to, in moments and days and weeks and things go on and on, and our focus uh, gets kind of lost in, in the cares of the day. Now, how many with me say amen? <clears throat> yeah, it starts out slowly. But what happens is, is we, if we don't stay focused on the main thing, we can lose that. We can lose that, lose that focus. And, and so what is the main thing? And this is the summation of my message here. The main thing that we are to guard with our life, and I want to introduce to you, is that I believe the main thing is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And that is the charge in the midst of this warfare that we live. <clears throat> is to guard this relationship no matter what. Guard this relationship. Nothing else takes precedence over this relationship. Not even your family. Oh, pastor, did you say that? I did. Because listen, someday your family has to stand before the Lord and so do you. 
okay? And so you can't use excuses like, well, you know, my, my family. You're going to stand before God alone. Each and every one of us are, amen? And, and so the, the, the priority relationship, I'm not saying your family is, you know, it doesn't matter. It matters. But the priority relationship is your relationship with Jesus. Can I get an amen? Didn't mind, I mean to go to the juggler here right away so quick this morning, but well, here we are, Amen. <laughs> so once again, it starts off small, gradually, and if you're not careful, that drift can pick up steam, and, and I found myself in places like that I didn't like, and, and what happens before you know it, you're thinking less and less about that relationship with the Lord, and, and you just begin to focus on worldly pursuits and pleasures, and <clears throat> so we are to guard this, my brothers and sisters, this relationship above all else, all other relationships <clears throat> with our Lord. And so back to our text in 1 Kings 20, <clears throat> it says this, that, that, that this prophet, he cries out and, and he says somebody came up to him and said to guard this man and, and, then, and, and, and then he loses it. And, and so that word I thought about guard, it's like, what does that mean in, in the Hebrew? And actually it means to hedge in with thorns. To hedge in with thorns. What does that mean? We are to personally, husband, wife, male, female, we are to hedge in with thorns. <clears throat> Put perimeters and boundaries around him. <clears throat> Why? Because he wants to escape. He wants to escape. <clears throat> He's trying to, to, to get out. It's like, well, why would he want to do? And so here's what I want to say about this captured man. Why it's so important that he be, gar be guarded. Because I believe that it's a spiritual picture. Uh, how many know the, the Bible is endless with spiritual pictures, amen? <clears throat> if it truly is the word of God, it's endless. And this rep man represents, I believe, our old sin nature. And the prisoner, <clears throat> this ongoing war between flesh and spirit. Now, how many know, I just did a series on new creation, and I talked about it, <clears throat> that we're not victims, amen? And, and we are new creations in Christ Jesus. But even as new creations, are you ever still tempted? Yeah, there's a few, a few honest people here this morning after a long night. <clears throat> we all are. We all are. We all are tempted. We're all drawn away. And <clears throat> so even though we know we're in new creations, there still seems to be this battle. And the Apostle Paul talks about that. We are to guard who we are. We are to guard our heart with all diligence. We are to guard our eyes. The lust of the, uh, of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The Bible talks about <clears throat> the pride of life. Hedging him in. Having healthy biblical boundaries, that is our responsibility as men and women of God. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so I believe it's a spiritual picture for us today, each and every one of us. Our number one responsibility is to guard this man because he represents the flesh and the carnal nature. And when we're born again, we come into right relationship with Jesus Christ. Our spirit man, our spirit woman is what we call, we use the term saved. It is regenerated. Christ comes and lives within us. The Holy Spirit, watch this, he gives us desires that are opposite of that sinful nature. That's what he does. He gives you those desires. And so we see this with the Apostle Paul, Romans 7 and 8. And so someone would say, you know, I can't help myself, Pastor. I can't help myself. I'm out there and, you know, I, uh, I, I can't help but lusting at other women or, you know, have my head turned constantly. Or I can't help myself. You know, I just, just, just the way I am. My dad was that way and my grandfather was that way. And that's a lie. Amen. Said that with a smile. <laughs> it's a lie because the Holy Spirit, if you're truly born again, is putting godly desires in your heart that will make you want you to serve him and love him and obey him. So you're not a victim. 
You're not paralyzed. Now, if you don't know Christ, you're not regenerated, and you don't, you don't have that, you've never invited Christ in your life, you've never repented of your sin, and you've never had that conversion experience, we believe the Bible teaches, you are a victim. God help you, <laughs> because you, you, you just, you have no, you're just going to go by the whims of your flesh. Your flesh is dominating your spirit, but when you're born again, your spirit takes ascendancy over the flesh if you'll let it. Amen? All right, moving right along. So, so these, the spirit and the flesh, they're constantly fighting against the other. And, 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 and a lot of times we feel like we're not free to carry out the best intentions. And it's a struggle as a time itself. And so here's the thing. If you do not guard this man, this woman, then he or she is going to escape. And here's the thing. You cannot win in life. You lose. You say, what do you mean by that, pastor? Well, here's some practical things. If you don't guard this man and woman, you could lose your children. What do I mean by that? The influence on their life. And many of you spent years and decades putting godly influence in your kids. And there's something that if we don't watch it and guard, we could, we could lose that influence. I don't want to lose that influence. Amen? The, the kids, my kids know I'm not perfect, you know, and they can tell all my faults. And, and they're right. But, but there's a level of influence that we've established in my walk with the Lord that I don't want to lose that. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? You still with me? You can lose your children. You can lose your influence in your life, your spouse, uh, having a godly impact on anyone. Some people are so frustrated because their words, they want people to listen to them and hear what they have to say, but there's no weight in their words. Why? Because then guard their life. People look at it like, you're just a hypocrite, man. <laughs> you're talking, telling me to do this or that, and you're out doing this and that. I know you. Come on now. Are you with me this morning? <clears throat> and so it doesn't mean that we're perfect, but, but you know, we want that impact. And, and what happens is if we don't, if we're not diligent in guarding this man, this, this, this spiritual man, this spiritual woman, we can lose ourselves. You know, and, and sad to say, and I say it humbly, is that there's been seasons in my life where I felt, man, have I lost that man somewhere? Have I, you know, not guarded that man? And, and you know, where is he? Is he is he's kind of ruled my life for a season? And, and, and uh, but praise be to God that, you know, you can come back. Amen. You can come back. And so we notice in the scriptures here, again, back to our text, that the unthinkable happens. The man escapes. And, you know, and it wasn't this huge jailbreak. Scripture doesn't say that, but a very gradual drift and few baby steps past the boundary lines at the time. And, and so, in fact, when the king questions him about the escapee, the soldier's only explanation was this. 1 Kings 20, verse 40. Take this down. Whoops. 1 Kings 20. <clears throat> Uh, I guess if I didn't put that in there. It says this, 1 Kings 20, 40. While your servant was busy here and there, the man disappeared. Say that with me. Say here, here. and there. Amen. He's gone. That's the word for us today. Here and there, he's gone. There's so much here and there out there. Isn't there? <laughs> Amen. And it's just, he's like, he's like, it wasn't this big traumatic thing. It's just, I'm just busy. So how do you think that happened? Well, I just think to be fair to the prophet, he wasn't a bad man. Uh, I, I, I think he was not irresponsible in a sense or not really lazy. On the contrary, he was probably very responsible. But what happened? What happened was, whoop, I'm just getting kind of discombobulated up here. He was distracted. There we go. Thank you. Distracted. And I wrote down, okay, what does distracted mean? Maybe you can identify with some of this because I can Distracted, having one's thoughts or attention drawn away. How many of you are here right now this morning and you're here? Amen. Amen. That's my distracted. Now listen, this guy's talking up here. Well, I had a long night. I'm really tired. 
Get some Z's here in church. Distracted, one's thoughts or attention, drawn away, unable to concentrate to give attention. You know, sometimes there's spirits of slumber that fall over people. You know, it's because they don't orchestrate their life. They don't orchestrate their life. You know, there's that song, up all night, play all day. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Sunday comes rolling around, you're not going to be feeling it. Amen. Concentrate, give attention to something. Absent-minded, preoccupied, preachers preaching. <clears throat> Daydreaming, inattentive, oblivious, unaware, unheeding, unknowing, unmindful, unperceptive, unthinking, vacant. <laughs> That's not what God's called us to be, amen? And this guy was just distracted. And however that fits for you in your life or that speaks to you, you know, I think a funny illustration that I actually heard in the Soviet Union in the, about being distracted. There was a wave of petty theft in the Soviet Union many, many years ago. And, and so to, cur to, to curtail this, the authorities put up guards around a lot of the factories to, to protect what comes in and what goes out and especially what leaves. And at one timber works in Leningrad, the guard knew the workers in the factory very, very well. So he knew each of the employees. So at the first evening came out Mr. Predovich. He had a wheelbarrow, and on the wheelbarrow, a great bulky sack with a suspicious-looking object inside. So the guard goes, all right, Predovich, said the guard. What have you got there? He goes, oh, I just have sawdust and shavings. Predovich replied, come on, the guard said. I wasn't born yesterday. Tip it out. So he cuts the sack open and tips it out, and out comes sawdust and shavings. And so he guards it and put it back in, get out of here. Well, the next day, the same thing happens. And the guard, after a whole week, is so frustrated because he knows something is up. Something's just not right. And I don't trust this guy, this Mr. Predovich. And, <clears throat> and so he said, all right, this is it. This is it. Finally, his curiosity overcame his frustration. And, and he said, Predovich, he said, I'm arresting you. And you tell me what you are taking out of here. I, I know you're up to something. And he said, well, my friend, wheelbarrows wheelbarrows. So that's just like the enemy. Every day, he would load up the sawdust, and he would, you know, look at the sawdust, but he was stealing wheelbarrows. That's just like distraction in our life. Can you say amen? <clears throat> that's how the enemy works. He gets you distracted of something, but he's taking also, extracting something from your life. Amen? Little here, a little there. It's a little a couple miss Sundays. And hey, listen, I don't mean legalistic about that, and I'm going to comment about that in a minute here, but sometimes it's months. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I like to eat food. Come on now, amen? I like to eat good food, amen? And sometimes I get the munchies at night, which is not good. They tell you not to eat after six. Who does that? The most ripped people in our life. That's who does that. But anyhow, <laughs> you know, I just, I like good food, but I don't know how I could survive for 90 days and not eating anything. I'm talking spiritually, amen? <clears throat> anyhow, moving right along, this wonderful, beautiful Father's Day uh, that I'm almost done with my message. Um, and so, so that's how the enemy works in our life. And sometimes we get a little committed here. We're overcommitted in a situation and little dabbling in sin. Before you know it, the man or the woman escapes and, and we drift. Somebody shall drift. We drift, we drift. And far from God and far from the character and the anointing that you once had in Christ Jesus. And, and so the king, he tells the soldier and he says, well, so shall your judgment be. You have decided it. 
Well, that was the soldier's judgment at that time and his fate. But you know what? How many knew? Thanks be to God, it's not too late for us. We can always return to the Lord. So that's an encouraging word today. So very quickly, going to go through these very quickly. How do we lose focus? I'm just going to touch on these really, really quickly. Uh, busyness. <clears throat> too many distractions, hindrance in life. These social media smartphones are wonderful. They are powerful, but they can destroy your life. You know, there's a new thing that they've identified, and there's all these uh, ailments that are coming out. One is called FOMO. I don't know if you hear that. Fear of missing out. Oh, you know, you were here taking a picture here. Oh, you lucky duck. Listen, when we were kids, we were like the little rascals, all right? When we, we walked out and we went down and we saw some kids doing stuff, we didn't run over there like, oh, what are you guys doing? You're having so much fun. We saw, okay, you know what? They're jumping ramps. Let's build a bigger ramp. That's what we did as kids. <clears throat> and they were out down near the piggery or a pond or whatever, and they were kind of fishing around on it like to build a raft. And we would build a raft. We didn't have a fear of missing out. We just made it happen. Ever has this like, oh, well, you know, now you can superimpose yourself in some place in Italy or, you know, South America or Papua New Guinea, and you're not even there. Come on, people. I mean, have we that insecure? Have we digressed that far? Yes, I'm sad to say a lot of people have. And so we're busy, we're busy, and <clears throat> it's just the craziest thing. Um, <laughs> I remember I had a brother that he, when we were younger, and you know, you get eight in the family, it's five guys, and, and so I would get up, you know, sometimes you, you know, stay up too late, and, and we'd be up cooking, you know, steaks at 2 a.m., you know, talking, and just crazy stuff, and not a while, but then I remember one brother was just like, I'm just tired, I go to bed, and he would be up, he, the, the latest, he would be the last one to go to bed, and I remember asking one time, I said, why, why do you do this? He goes, I don't want to miss out. I might miss something. See, some personalities are like that. But not my daughter, Destiny. When she was five years old, she came up to me and hugged me and said, Daddy, I'm tired. And she just went to bed and tucked herself into bed. What, what a girl, you know? Some of you just got to stay up. And I asked my brother, I was like, why do you feel up? He goes, you guys might see a UFO sometime, and I might not see it. <laughs> Come on, how many with me say amen? Busyness. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Focus, the wrong focus. A lot of times we focus on our flesh, not the spirit. Amen, Pastor Mike. How many know that your flesh cannot be trusted? That's right. uh, should I say that again? My flesh cannot be trusted. You can't just call it, oh, you know, it's easy. All right. You're doing good. You're doing good for it. You cannot trust your flesh. Bible, Paul said this in Romans 7, there's no good thing in my flesh. Just recognize it, accept it, know it. You're not a bad person, it's just the flesh. <laughs> you have to deal with that. Another thing is complacency, complacency. And we become less passionate about the word of God and even you know, faithful attendance and those in-between times, when I call them between Monday and Saturday. What is it? It's work, pay bills, do life. And before you know it, Sunday rolls around, it's just another day and gotta catch up on stuff. And so sometimes we can be complacent. Here's a big one here is prayerlessness. You know, a lot, a lot of people, they just don't pray. They say, well, you have that prayer thing, and we'll give that to intercessors. And, and we don't keep that man that, that, or that woman holy, and we don't keep in our hearts our eyes pure, and we don't keep our spirit pure. I wrote this down. Jesus was our best example of prayerfulness. He himself was a man of prayer. He taught his followers to pray. If Jesus saw a person need to pray, how much more should we see the same need in our own lives? Amen. Uh, just, I thank God for the prayer that does go up in this church, and we meet on Saturdays, and uh, 
I'm just so thankful. Do you know that the, these prayer warriors, they walk through here and they lay hands on every chair. And, they, and they, they pray. They pray for you today. The prayer has already gone up. And, and, and I'm just so thankful. When I see that, I want you to think, what women of God and, and men of God. Prayerfulness. We don't want it to slip. Amen. We want to stay vigilant, amen? I'm trying to say that in a life-giving way. So some guidelines, very quickly, some guidelines for guarding this man, this woman. I would say discipline. How do you keep him from escaping uh, once he escaped? It's going to take dis- discipline. 1 Corinthians 9.20 says, Paul said, I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Amen. So we have to set boundaries for this man, for this woman. We need to keep our mind, our body, our eyes, our ears, and behavior under the authority of the Holy Spirit. That's pray and seek God. Read his word. At times he calls you to fast, fast. Stay in God's word. Stay connected to God's people. Amen. Second thing, it's going to take determination. Determination. You say, well, what do you mean? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep. Somebody shall keep. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So what that happens is you got to be determined. If you fall, get back up. Get back up, amen? Take an aggressive stance against sin. Sometimes it means just, you know, talking to yourself and saying, you know what, no, I'm better than this. Greater is he that is in me, amen? I may have fallen, but I'm getting back up. If I fall, I'm going to fall forward, amen? Because you just gained six foot one inch, Amen. <clears throat> All right. And then I would say the third thing, living for God. Living for God. Those in-between times come tomorrow to Saturday. You know, what, what are you going to change in your life? 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk. The faith journey is a walk. It's not a run or a sprint. Amen? We walk by faith, not by sight. Another translation says, for through faith we walk, not through sight. We walk by faith. So, following God is more than just feelings. I thank God for the feelings and and the times that it's really good and things that are exciting and when you feel maybe God is even moving in your life mightily. But watch this. Most of our life is spent in the in-between times. Face that. Where you're working, taking care of the family, changing diapers, mowing the lawn, you know, putting weed killer down, weed whacking, whatever, you know, you may be about what you're doing and paying bills, doing everyday things. But this is where we can be distracted the most. How many with me say amen? And so it's very crucial. We guard this man. God's word promises in Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6. Whoops. Uh, Yeah, okay. I didn't have Philippians 1.6 in there, but that is my next point. Uh, It says, Jesus, who began a good work in you, will carry it out on to completion to the day of Jesus Christ. So thank God for that. Our last point here is faithful in church. Remember the Sabbath day. And let me just say this as a pastor. I don't want this to come across as self-serving. You say, oh, well, you're a pastor. You want many people there in church. You know why I want people in church? Because God is in the church when we get together. And God can do something that he cannot do or does not or refuses to do in your life outside of church. Otherwise, we don't need church. You don't need church. And there's such a growing trend right now. People are disassociating with church and thinking, I can find Jesus in the woods looking at the trees and the breeze. And You may have devotions there or whatever, but there are certain things you cannot get but only in church. Amen. I didn't write the book. <clears throat> he did. 
So, so guard, guard. Now what just there's safety in godly accountability. Did you hear that? There's safety in godly accountability. <clears throat> Hebrews 10.25 says, not stop gathering together, don't forsake. And it says, as some of you are doing. So be careful about that. I just want to say, be, be cautious of that and plan that. There's vacation time and <clears throat> there's time, you know, you need to take off and go and enjoy that. I mean that. And, and all of you need to have that. <clears throat> but we just don't want to check out for three, five, or six months and, and you know, like, oh, I'm part of the church. Oh, okay, I haven't seen you in a year. <clears throat> Welcome back, amen? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> how many with me say amen? <clears throat> See, the local church is Jesus' idea, not man's. He started it. And, you know, some say, well, it's the called out ones. The church is obviously locations. It says that in Revelation. It dresses seven churches there. Jesus said to the churches and the called out ones, the not perfect. Uh, he said this in Revelation, that the, ch- the, the churches, uh, the candlesticks are the churches. <clears throat> and Jesus says this, that he walks in the midst of the churches, the candlestick. Jesus is walking in this building right now this morning. May not feel it, but he is here. He is here. He goes walking through this building. Some people just woke up from that right there. <clears throat> Jesus said this, I sent my angel to testify to the things in the churches. So the local church is God's institution. And I share this every time because I want to balance it out. <clears throat> Everywhere my wife and I removed, whether it was to Boston, Texas, Texas back to Boston and to Minnesota, I always first looked for a local church where we could attend, where we worked, a place where we could get to. So it was a place that we could connect to. Amen. And God has honored that and blessed that in our life. And I look back and it's one of the wisest decisions we have ever made. Amen. So, so how do we get back? How do we get back to our number one? Praise and worship is important. Keep worshiping God and praising God. Uh, we have this little uh, <clears throat> little project that we're working on, this little house that we're kind of doing over, and eventually we're going to get it done one of these days. And and but I put on, I go in, I have a track, a worship track, I put it on, and my kids have had enough of it. And when they're around visiting, and my wife is like, "Can we change that track?" But I have constant worship going. <clears throat> I know what's the next song coming up, you know, and like, oh, you know, this is a good one. <clears throat> I just I, I want to have my life filled with that. Yeah. Amen. People concerned, you know, about having spirits and, you know, in your house and things. I walk into that house and I just say, in the name of Jesus, and I start playing worship. Nothing wants to hang around there. Amen? Amen? <laughs> Assemble once again. Be obedient to the word and, and uh, uh, be faithful to things of God and the word. Keep immersing yourself in the word of God. Reading and studying the Bible every day because we all need to feed. Our spirit man, our spirit woman, our minds on truth. Somebody shout truth. <clears throat> You're not going to get it from watching TV, watching the news, soap operas, or whatever else is out there, amen, a distracted or uh, purposeless podcasts that do nothing for you, amen? You, you feed and meditate on God's word in, in teaching. You know, one of the reasons why I love the word of God so much, and I have a, a daily routine that I get up and I don't mean that legalistically. I desire it. I look forward to it. Did you hear that? I, I look forward to it. Because I look forward. Now you think every day you're getting all these, wow, I got this major revelation. No. A lot of times you just go through and go, well, I did that. But you know what? I was just faithful in it. And it's amazing how you just stay consistent. Just stay consistent and draw near to God. The word of God immersing. You know, in the Library of Congress, there are over 110 million books. 
And that's, they have about 532 miles of shelves for all those books sitting on. And if you ever pick up any book in that, in that library, you read it. But there's actually just one book in all of those books, and it's the Bible, and it reads you. And that's the difference between a book and the Bible. And that's why the Bible is so important for our lives. The Bible reads you and I. We just can't pick it up. It just opens up and it reveals our heart. That's why it's powerful. How many with me say amen? And then I would say finally here, being generous freely, you've received freely, give. Keep dispersing, you know, your tithes, offering. Have a generous heart. I'm just going to brag on. I was at a funeral uh, Friday. Very dear, dear <clears throat> individual, Dan Cornermon. He died. Uh, Steve, Pastor Steve's father. Godly man, the man finished strong. <clears throat> um, very affluent man and started a number of companies that actually became Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000. Uh, amazing, amazing man. Had many, many times years ago to spend, have lunch with him and Steve and just did things together, immersed in the family, so welcoming. That man was a tremendously generous man. And we were at his church there, uh, Bill and Sharon Predovich is in, in, in Eden Prairie, and uh, they talked how he has blessed. He said, anyone come in, it's like some lady needs groceries, whatever. Okay, they would call, he would give money. He would, just, he would just give. Who else? There was one time they were on a missions trip, and they said, we need more rice. And the pastor's wife was in the Philippines. And he goes, all right, send money over. More rice. He was generous. <clears throat> the guy finished strong. And one of the things, he's like, well, okay, he had a lot of money. He was wealthy, whatever, you know, that you give money away. He didn't have to do that, but he did. He did. He was generous. He was known that. But it wasn't just that. The most important thing that spoke to me about his life, he would get up every single day. This affluent man who had businesses in Southeast Asia, Philippines, Japan, Germany, I mean, on and on, and China, companies everywhere. He would fly. He was a busy man. He would get up every single day, break open that word, and he would have a devotion. Of course, he'd have his coffee. Amen. Thank God for coffee. Amen. And he would have his toast with honey. You know, every single day he'd get up. You know, maybe may, once in a while, maybe miss a day or two, but it didn't matter. His life was indicative of devotions, seeking God. And they said, you know, someone asked him one time, he's like, you have a lot of big decisions. You're dealing with huge, huge, you know, companies. And he goes, yes, how do you find the answer? He goes, well, when I get up in the morning and I do my devotions, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. And then I just do my devotions and God tells me. Simple. God will tell you. Hallelujah. Thank God. See, you know what? Weakness cannot produce strength. Only strength can produce strength. And we get our strength and our lifeblood from our relationship with the Lord. Can you say amen? So you may have been busy here and there, but I just want to challenge us all here this morning. This is a great time. And in encouraging ways, we have to wake up that, that mighty man of God, a woman of God within us. Amen? Wake that up. Take a stand for righteousness and guard that man, guard that woman. Psalm 16:8. Let's see if I got this verse here. Yay! I have set the Lord always before me. I have set what before me? You could fill that in. Well, my TV or my shows or this or that or things I got to do, you know, things I got to do. My gaming, you know, guys, I have, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Hmm. What a, what a truth in that. And so 
What are some ways you can set the Lord before you during those in-between times? Come after we dismiss here in a moment and you leave and you go off to your home and do whatever you do and fun things with family. What are some things you can do that, that, that you set the Lord before you? The Monday, maybe it's devotions. And some of you say, yeah, I'm really not consistent in that. Find a devotion. Find something. I mean, they have stuff now. You can get constant daily emails. You can go through devotions. But get in the word of God. Amen? <laughs> Be faithful. You know what? Some of you, some of you, you have time on Saturday morning. One hour we meet here and we pray. I don't mean it to guilt anyone. I'm thankful for those who come, but I just want to invite you. Come on Saturday mornings. We pray here. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful time, a wonderful time. <clears throat> so, you know, the temptations in our life are no different from what other people experience. The Bible says this, that some of you feel maybe overwhelmed with it. First Corinthians 10. I love this verse. I memorized it as a kid. God is faithful. He'll not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. You get that? When you are tempted, he will show you a way out. A way out, if you want it. A way out, if you want it. Some of you don't want it. So that you can endure. Wow, what a tremendous, encouraging verse. The Bible also reminds us to keep away from anything that might take God's place in our heart. 1 John 5, 21. 1 John 5, 21, dear children, keep away from anything. It's actually talking about idols, the King James, that might take God's place in your hearts. And when we read that, especially not from Southeast Asia, we think of idols, well, we don't worship a Buddha or a statue or something like that. But like this, an idol is anything, it actually means what is seen in this context, physical eyesight in our minds. And it also means false teaching. Anything turns us from Jesus. Substitute, substitute. To guard actually means in this context like an armed military sentinel guarding a restricted base, ready to repulse an enemy incursion. And that's how we really have to approach our walk with the Lord. We need to guard it. Stand with me if you would, please. There's so many substitutes out there that the enemy throws at us. So many distractions to get us occupied with so many things. And so I have a final uh, challenge that I'm going to throw up here. Is verse, uh, uh, some challenges for your life here today as we leave. Because I believe any message is not really good unless it challenges you at the end. And some of you may have been challenged through the whole message. But you know what? <clears throat> Every single day, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to be looking for something. You're going to be looking for something. And how many of you have ever seen the hummingbirds? You know, there's just something about hummingbirds. Some of you feed the hummingbirds. Some of you want the hummingbirds to come to your window, right? Come on now. And you get that little nectar stuff and go, oh. And whenever I see a hummingbird, the first thing, I don't go like this, oh, stupid hummingbird. What are they doing here? The first thing is, I almost feel like it's a little angel, right? Oh, 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 the hummingbird. Come on now, right? Oh, oh, did you see him? What do we run and do? We run and we get the hummingbird. And what is it looking for? It's looking for sweet stuff. Isn't that right? Every single day we wake up, we're looking for something. How many know there's vultures out there? Sometimes I come in the church and I hear them in the tree. I'm like, what do you want? When I walk in and they're just, they look at me. They're looking for something. They're looking for dead things. Come on now. Every day, those two birds find what they're looking for. What are you looking for? It goes back to our personal time with the Lord, our daily devotions, our seeking God, pray and worship the Word, being connected in the local church body. Are we looking for sweet things? Because if we are, we will find it. Are we looking for dead things? If we are, we will find it. Every head bowed, please. You're here this morning as a pastor. I've just 
think I've been looking for dead things. I haven't been looking for sweet things. I want to change that. I want to change that. Some things in your life that orchestrate out. Here's the posing questions. How are you going to take your number one responsibility to a whole new level today? I challenge you with that. What are three things, maybe four things, six things, I don't know, but just start with three things you can begin to do today to strengthen the one thing, the one thing that you've been called to guard with your life. That is your relationship with Jesus. I don't know what that is, but I'm believing God has at least three things for you and I today. Amen? You're here this morning as a pastor. I'm I'm not right with God. I want to get right with the Lord. I want to have that personal relation. I want to have that assurance of salvation. Now is the time. Today is the day. Let's pray together. If that's you, let this be your heart cry for the conversion in your life right now. Say to me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray for the people of God. I bless them here today. Lord, help us to see the areas where we have a say in in our personal life, where we need to shore up that area to be guarded, to guard this man. And where we have let that man or that woman escape, we just bring them back into submission. The Bible says that we are to reckon that man or that woman dead. That means nail him to the cross. Yeah, there's going to be times he's going to kind of crawl off that cross, and that's where you're going up. Get back up up there. I reckon you dead. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if you fall and you stumble, get back up. Get back up. God is not up there with a huge sledgehammer ready to pound you when you fail. Come on, church. You're his son. You're his daughter. He loves you. He is for you, not against you. Just get back up. Draw near to him. The Bible says he will draw near to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.